Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to the Living Faith Bible Institute's Postscript Shorts, where we interview students from LFBI and allow them to share their testimony, how they came to know Christ, about their discipleship, how they came to learn God's Word, and, and how God's moving them and shaping them in the context of the ministry and the part that LFBI fits within that, that story of their life. And, and these episodes uh, have been so much fun to do. They're refreshing. Uh, we've been getting tons of great feedback on them. Uh, we want to invite you, if, if the testimony that you hear resonates with you and is powerful to you, man, share it. Share it with friends. Uh, any, any promotion that you can do of LFBI uh, or the show is, is very much appreciated. But today's episode is wonderful because uh, the young man that I am interviewing uh, serves with me in the college and young adult ministry here at Midtown Baptist Temple. And, and so we get a lot of time together and uh, we, have a, we have a loving relationship and I have the privilege of investing in him and, and training him uh, to be the leader that, that God uh, has made him to be. And so it's a wonderful thing and I'm really looking forward to this interview. And so with that, I wanna introduce you to David Mulo. David, welcome. Hi. Good to, good to have you, man. Yeah, it's this good is, to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. So I've known you for what, maybe uh, five, five, close to five years. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that sounds exactly so. right. Yeah. Um, and God's done so much in your life in mm -hmm. that time. Uh, tell us a little bit of, about what you're doing in ministry. People want to hear, like, at this moment in time, what's your life look like? Um, you know, give us that, give us that general idea of, of what's going on in your life in ministry. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I was recently betrothed to the wonderful Connor Mulo, yes. uh, formerly known as, uh, the artist formerly known as Connor Stubblefield, <laughs> uh, for those who knew her before. Uh, she's amazing. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's my wife, and then my, uh, my mom uh, and my dad are awesome. My mom actually goes here to Mid uh, Midtown Baptist Temple here where, where mm -hmm. I go to church, and uh, my brother, I have two younger brothers, and older sister. Um, yeah, I work as a software developer. That's pretty new mm -hmm. uh, for, for those who are interested in that kind of information. Um, and then in terms of ministry, uh, I disciple, I lead a Bible study, which is actually pretty new for me. And that's been a lot of fun getting to know the guys and, mm -hmm. and all that good stuff and, and getting in God's word. Um, and then also I get to help uh, lead worship sets. Uh, I serve in temple worship, which is basically the um, uh, it's like the worship team for the college and young adults class at Midtown Baptist mm -hmm. Temple. Yeah. And so that's been uh, a lot of fun. You and Connor are two of the, the, the busiest people uh, in ministry, but you guys have such a high capacity. It's been, it's been great to watch you kind of figure that out, especially since you got married, readjust, and come into new leadership roles. And Connor is um, a doctor, so, and she is working on f finalizing the, the details of, of that. She's, she's practicing here in Kansas City, and you're mm -hmm. kind of you know juggling a lot. There's a lot going on. Yes, I would say so. Um, I think that part of what's cool is that Connor is a strong woman in the faith. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, and she has, I'd say, a much higher capacity than even I do. So mm -hmm. not that I have a particularly high capacity in my own mind, but um, so yeah, that's been really good. Uh, it makes for a, a much smoother ride than it could have been. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, you guys uh, paired well. I'm, I'm very <laughs> thankful that you have one another. So uh, your story is really interesting in terms mm -hmm. of, of how you ended up where you're at now. Sure. Uh, it's got some twists and turns in it. And so uh, maybe start with your childhood and walk us up to how, how got you, God got you to a place of discipleship and training in the ministry and the mission. 
Yeah, I, this is always tough because I, I always want to share like my entire life story. Like I was, I remember when I first saw the light and then yeah, I was right. screaming. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, like I was born in Montana and we were actually there for ministry because um, uh, my dad was helping with ministry there. We moved to Kansas City. My dad was a youth pastor at one of the larger churches in, in Kansas City at a charismatic church. Mm-hmm. And we, um, we, we actually moved east about 25 minutes of Kansas City to, for a church plant. So I grew up most of Blue Springs, right? Blue Springs, yeah. yeah. I grew up uh, most of my life over that way, and and so the the huge benefit of all of that, of course, is I, I I'll put it this way: uh, all of my immediate family has a testimony of salvation, mm-hmm. and so I think that's been one of the most huge impacts practically is just I grew up around the Word of God. I heard the Word of God at a young age. Uh, I received the gospel when I was basically like around the time of kindergarten. It's mm-hmm. hard. My my memory is pretty yeah. notoriously bad, but uh, but that was about when it happened, and so that kind of put me on a trajectory. Obviously, of uh, this, the work of sanctification beginning, uh, I was a, I was a bit of a, a bit of a knucklehead, uh, pretty ornery. Uh, a lot of people here might not know that, but like I like to just give the extreme examples to give people a picture. Uh, there's kind of the Jekyll and Hyde thing going on, the classic mm-hmm. Jekyll and Hyde thing going on, where on one hand I I had a tender heart for God's word and for 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 people. But on the other hand, I would also kick people in the shins, and I would all, I was like quite literally jerk. kick them in the shins. As a child, I would metaphor. run up to like people and kick them in the shins and run away. That is like that reminds me of um, like a W.C. Fields skit or like something. <laughs> you know, you so you live the life of like a little rascal. Yeah. Sometimes I was uh, Charlie. Sometimes I was Chaplin. Sometimes I was the, <laughs> the, the carnal man. Sometimes I was the spiritual man. Man, so okay, kicking people in the shins. Uh-huh. Uh, and then how did that how did that continue to develop over time? Did it, well, did it progress into? I would say it actually did sort of yeah. So like in middle school, I was it was it's kind of a fun story just to tell that does have to do with my testimony. So you know, in middle school, I was kind of between two worlds. I, I was in the popular crowd, but I was also in the emo crowd. Hmm. So I was in between those two worlds, and uh, and so but wow. what, that's that's those are really <laughs> in, like the when you say popular crowd, you mean like the jocks or like kind of. I hung out with those people. I wasn't really yeah. like a jock, but I was with the jocks. Okay, I was I was amongst the jocks, as one might say. You were a greaser among the socials. <laughs> Something like that. Okay. And so, uh, but yeah, like I remember like specifically, like there was a time I was, I was kind of a jerk in middle school, honestly. And then there came a point, I remember a turning point in my life. I remember was, I was going from eighth grade to freshman year and I went to a party at a friend's house. I wasn't doing like wild partying or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's not really part of my background, but, but I, I started to see some of the ways that their trajectories were heading my friends and the way they were behaving and the, the kind of things that they were going to start to engage in. And I was like, I can't continue down this path. Like yeah. I can't keep hanging out with these people. But part of my testimony is that, unfortunately, I, I wasn't really discipled. So I didn't understand that that doesn't mean then that I stop having a heart for the lost. It doesn't mean that I become, you know, a monk and go do my own yeah. thing and become high-minded. It should instead mean that my heart grows and I become more strategic in how to reach the lost. Yeah. But that wasn't necessarily being uh, communicated to me clearly. I didn't really know how to do that. Yeah, you were young. You thought in extremes. That's how young people think. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, in, in, in high school, I, uh, I I was kind of more of a loner. I kind of took a total 180 and was really more of a owner and uh, didn't do quite as much in terms of my faith. That being said, though, that that heart for people uh, being evangelical still kind of remained. And there was a, I remember a couple like 
uh, highs and like we'd go to like a youth retreat or something like that. And uh, I'd come back jazzed and I'd, I'd be like fasting and praying for souls. And I'd be carrying my Bible around at school and talking with people and, and God used that. But again, I, I lacked dis- discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't really know how to contextualize that. I didn't really know how to live it out consistently or biblically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just knew that I had a heart. So one like funny quick story is I remember tr- freaking my friend out who was genuinely interested in Christ with Leviticus and just be like, yo, bro, check this out. Like, and I knew that there was pictures there, but I didn't know how to articulate like yeah. how that connected to the gospel in a clear way. And I had a heart to learn that, but I didn't right. have someone, you know, like the eunuch, like, how should I know except some man teach me? I didn't know how to communicate Leviticus to a lost person if sure. I would ever even take that route, which I probably right. wouldn't today. <laughs> that wouldn't um, be the strategy you use. <laughs> that's not the strategy I'd use today. No. Out on the street? No. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you were zealous, mm-hmm. but, but, it, but it ebbed and flowed. I mean, at the point that mm-hmm. I met you, um, you were kind of in a season where it was like you love the Lord and you were very curious about the Word of God and you were growing and learning, uh, but it was kind of, it was very independent of the local church. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So t- tell us how you got to that point. Well, it's, it's actually an interesting story. So I'll keep it high level, but still be honest, if that's okay, mm-hmm. where, where basically I did grow up in church. My dad was a pastor, but there was a point at which um, basically that kind of fell apart and uh, my dad was no longer the pastor of that church. And in the, in the fallout of that, I, I surprisingly to myself, when I look back on it, I'm not a particularly temperate person in the flesh and particularly sober if I'm not thinking according to God's word, of course. And yet somehow I had it within me at that time to just say, I'm going to stick it out here for a while, even though it's awkward. And I'm just going to feel through that. And mm-hmm. so I did. And but but I eventually knew for sure that I needed to move on. And so mm-hmm. I, I started basically what you might call church shopping. And I ended up landing at a church, uh, a church in this general area that was rapidly growing. And it was very appealing uh, to my senses. Uh, the way that they put together their services and, 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 and all of that was fantastic and, and appealed to me and even on a flesh level. But an interesting anecdote is that I invited uh, several people to that church to attend with me. And those, those people, including myself, never heard the gospel uh, in the, over two years. Um, mm. And there was, I was put in p- positions of leadership without actually uh, them knowing what I believed or, or what I was teaching in Bible study. Um, and so it, it was concerning, obviously, looking back. But at the time, I was just going along with it, right? And yeah. um, But the, the cool anecdote is those same people, and not that we're anything, of course, but those same people I invited to this church did hear the gospel, and they got saved. Wow. And yeah. so it just shows that there was something missing there. And so to, I'll try to keep this short, but basically I was at a low season of my life. I was pursuing music, and, uh, and I was pursuing the desires of my heart, but it was kind of one of the lower seasons of my life. Yeah, you were, you were in the conservatory at UMKC. Yeah. Yeah, and I, incidentally, Connor also went there, but we never met there. God the, had better your two paths never crossed. <laughs> God knew the later. timing wasn't right, yeah. but but yeah. So uh, yeah, the conservatory went there, and uh, it was cool because like I, there was this composer there. She's a Pulitzer Prize winning composer. She's mm. this really good composer. I, I had my first orchestra piece. She workshopped it, and I was getting all this praise and uh, all this uh, like this is so great. And yet, I felt the most empty at that point in my life than I ever felt any other time in my life. Mm. I knew something was just wrong, and I knew that if I continued down this path, there was nothing for me there. And uh, around that time, uh, I went to high school with someone named Mercy Mugeshe. She goes to this church, mm-hmm. and she invited me to Mission Focus 2016. And uh, my first thought was, well, um, what is that about again? Missions? Oh, well, I'm not a missionary, so I'm good. Thanks, though. Mm-hmm. You know, that was kind of my attitude at the time. 
Yeah, but what was kind of interesting about that is God still used that. And that's why it's important that we all be patient and wait on the Lord. Because what happened was I I fell out at the other church where I just kind of was like, I can't keep doing this here. Like, I don't don't feel like people care about me. I I don't feel like I'm growing spiritually. So I just left. And I didn't even leave really in a proper way. Thankfully, God gave me an opportunity, uh, incidentally, to make that right with the pastor later. Mm -hmm. He's a wonderful guy. Um, but, uh, but anyways, um, I, I, I actually, that was one of the only seasons of my whole life. I wasn't going to church for a short season there mm. and, uh, just feeling alone. And, and I, I was like, you know, I'll try that church out that, that, that my friend recommended. And so I, I went and, uh, what I always tell people is it was like Mark chapter one, you know, Jesus is preaching and, uh, the, the scribes, the Pharisees were astonished, uh, because he spoke with authority mm-hmm. and it was actually your preaching. You, you were preaching, uh, and, uh, I, I what I I had I had been hearing the Bible my whole life, but I hadn't heard it taught with such simplicity or clarity, mm. and with such conviction that I knew it wasn't just uh, you know uh, going growing up charismatic. There's a lot of charisma, there's a lot of personality, sure. and sometimes not a lot of substance. And so I knew that there was substance behind what you were saying, and that you truly believed it, mm. and it impacted me. And I, I had some apprehension about the culture and about the people and other things like that, but I couldn't deny what God was doing, and I, I heard the power of His word, and it impacted me. Mm. Praise the Lord. So I remember sitting down with you at a coffee shop probably not too long after that, talking through some of the things that you were struggling with doctrinally, wrestling with wh- mm-hmm. where did you fit? Like w- some of that may have been cultural, um, mm-hmm. but but the conversation, a lot of it was theological. And mm-hmm. and one of the things I really appreciate about you, David, is that you gave it time and you you weren't afraid to ask your questions and mm-hmm. uh, we weren't afraid to to answer them or wait or just wait, wait for you to to, to work through them. Like, be honest with us. What were some of the things that you were wrestling through that God had to work on you about? No, that's a, that's a perfect setup question, actually, because one of the things that occurred to me as we were talking about doing this together was um, discipleship. And one of the the big turning points in my whole, I would say it's it's up there probably even above the decision to get discipled mm-hmm. for me was the decision about how what I believed about God's Word. And so we got to Lesson 5 in discipleship, and and uh, basically what was being kind of put forward was the idea that God's word is not just a concept, but it's actually it's actually concrete in the sense that God's word is there for me to hold on to. Mm-hmm. It's not just pick whatever version and whatever verses that I want to use for my convenience or for the lust of my flesh, but there's actually an authority and it's not up to me. It's, it's up to me to decide whether I submit to that authority, but it's not up to me to um, to basically create that or to, to find what's the best authority. Right. And so that idea was, it shook me. And part of it was probably legitimate in the sense that I had a long history of using all different kinds of, uh, of Bible versions and, um, and, and not really being held accountable to that in the, in the form of discipleship, for example. So part of it was that. But there was also this thing that I later learned in, in years of retrospection, which Eric Phillips taught me, which is, you know, that doctrine is a matter of the heart. So there was also something going on there where I just didn't want to submit to a final authority. I didn't mm-hmm. want to submit to there is one word of God and, and that, that that God's word is true and that he can preserve it and that it's there and you can hold on to it and you can be held accountable to it. And so that was one of the most challenging turning points in my discipleship journey. Mm. And I would say that that kind of contextualizes for me a lot of my my walk with Christ, actually. Uh, look, that was kind of the, one of the key turning points for me, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, in time, it's been cool to watch as you grow. I mean, I know for a fact. I think we had these. I had these conversations with with Connor in the early days when she when she was dating you. Like, okay, you're sure about like David's. You know, he's good with the Bible version that we're using. We're mm. good, you're, and and I know Connor is the most uh, scrutinizing. 
And so there was no way. I knew at the point that she was falling for you, that you were in a really good place, and it was a, it was mm. a good sign. From there, I've seen just so much growth, and, and, and it's been really a lot of fun. And now the Bible study thing is obviously a big deal around these parts, to have a Bible study and to lead and to, have a, uh, to shepherd a flock. And, and so all of that is great, and, and, and I'm so thankful. I, I don't know. I'm just like praising the Lord right now. I'm, I, didn't, I didn't mean to go that direction, but I'm thankful for you. Um, tell me, now that you're in LFBI, mm-hmm. uh, how LFBI has, has contributed to your growth and your develop, your continued discipleship. What, what has it meant to you, and, and how has it impacted your ability to lead? I'm going to have a unique testimony on this, and I know that's part of why I'm here, but I'll, 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 I'll characterize it initially by saying I'm a little bit unique in that I like academia. Mm-hmm. I like studying. I like learning. I like classes. I like yeah. taking tests and quizzes and writing essays, and that's going to put me in like a minority that not everyone feels that way. Mm-hmm. So I've had to approach it a little bit differently than some people have to approach it, where I actually have to be my, 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 uh, the way I approach Bible study and LFBI, the Living Faith Bible Institute, and learning the Bible in, a, in, a, in kind of a more formalized way like that. I have to approach it carefully because in my flesh, I could just study my guts mm-hmm. out and and like not get anything out of it. Now, what's really cool about LFBI, of course, is, you know, we have ministers who are, they're not just concerned with giving you information from scholars or what the, the latest, greatest is, but they're also looking just at what does God's word say and how has this been lived out in my own ministry? How can I give you wisdom to live that out in your ministry? Mm-hmm. And so that's been really impactful. Part of it is just being measured and making sure I'm not taking on too much of that and making sure that what I am in taking from, from LFBI is, uh, is I try to be um, not overly formal about this, but I try to be strategic about which classes I'm taking and how they feed into the ministry God's giving me right now mm-hmm. as they fit along with the, the, the journey that I'm taking in, in an LFBI. Um, yeah, and so that being said, though, one of my, uh, one of my favorite uh, classes that I've taken is um, Methods of Evangelism, Yeah, which is incredibly practical. Yeah, a lot of, pe- a lot of people say that that's their favorite class because it is, it does... First of all, Brian Clark does a wonderful job with the class. The content is very, very applicable and practical and immediate. Mm-hmm. And so it has had, for a lot of people, it's had a huge impact on their their ministry almost immediately. So I'm not surprised that you said that. So tell me how you've seen it manifest itself in the, in the context of your ministry and in your life. Uh, I took that that class and, uh, it, and it really did impact me because I, I kind of shared a little bit of this earlier, but I do have an evangelical bent, but it's not always a biblical bent. Like in my flesh, I don't know how to always evangelize in a way that's right and that mm-hmm. pleases God and focuses on obedience and those kinds of things. And so uh, that class was super impactful f- uh, for me because, you know, it taught me things about like, you know, being approachable. You want to be someone who's approachable and that people want to be able to talk with. And so mm-hmm. you, you're not, it's not about getting the information out per se always. It's also about, um, you know, actually connecting with people. Yeah. And uh, some other things that were really good from that class, uh, you know, your testimony is a tool. It's not the gospel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, including a testimony as a way to to share the gospel. The gospel is according to the scriptures and we have to share the word of God. It's the word of God that makes people born again, mm-hmm. First Peter 1. And so... Um, that was great. And then also the overarching theme of the class was ask. And so it was uh, basically you want to ask permission. So being polite when ha- with how you share the gospel, because mm-hmm. I'm a zealous person. And so I want to make sure I'm not just shoving the gospel down people's throats, you right. know. Um, and then the, there's um, the S standard for um, uh, share the gospel. And so basically mm-hmm. just sharing the, the gospel message of Christ died, buried, rose again, according to the scriptures. He died for our sins, yeah. uh, Romans road, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the K is keep this conversation going. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you want to, you don't want to give up on people. He shared a really cool testimony about, 
this person who he just invested in forever, and it seemed like that person would never come around. And mm-hmm. yet, eventually, that per- God was working on that person's heart. And, and a theme was, we're interested in those who are interested. The key thing with that person was they, they retained their interest. And so even though it didn't seem that promising, they were like, well, yeah, sure, I'll keep listening to the Bible. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep hearing that out. And then right. eventually, God used that. And that's, wow, like that's incredible. And I, I want to have that approach in evangelism. Mm-hmm. I want to, I don't want to give up on people that haven't given up on hearing the word of God. And so that class was great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so now you're leading a group of, of Bible study guys to practice that on campus mm-hmm. uh, at UMKC. And uh, whether that's confrontational or you're just encouraging them to build relationships, inviting people into Bible study with you mm-hmm. guys that are lo- that are lost, people who don't know Christ that, that are just curious. Yeah. Um, all of these are, are mechanisms and ways in which uh, you guys are sharing the gospel, and, and that's that's a wonderful and exciting thing. Mm. Um, I always ask, uh, you know, before we, we close the show, um, what is your favorite PostScript episode? Yeah, that's a tough one. So again, here's my bias in the flesh. I, mm-hmm. I liked the one where, where Brian Clark... Um, he talked about uh, basically this, a summary of Romans, the book of Romans, because oh, yeah. that was kind of an impactful season in my life, and I was really meditating on that. But I'll say this is obviously a super hard thing to answer because I think that everyone's going to have their own favorites for their own reasons. But I, I always really liked um, Mark Trotter's episodes. I thought mm-hmm. those were always great. I just loved hearing. I love hearing the stories about people's real experiences in ministry. Mm-hmm. That's super impactful. So getting to hear testimonies is always super yeah. powerful. Uh, just to hear what God's done in people's lives and how he's grown them and used them in ministry. Yeah, for sure. Well, which is the reason I brought you on today that, for that very reason. And so, David, thank you. Thank you for being my friend and thank you for serving with me. It's 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 wonderful. It's a wonderful thing that we get to do together. So I love you and thanks uh, for being on, on the show. I love you too. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we want to thank you too for joining us. Uh, I, I mean, like I said before, uh, people really enjoy hearing testimonies. And, and if David's testimony was impactful to you, um, man, praise the Lord. Uh, we want to encourage you, just like, just like David, just like I, uh, everybody uh, needs to learn God's word. You know, uh, and you come to a place, you come to a crossroads in your life where you're like, you know what, I have to go, I have to go deeper. And so LFBI is for that, it's for that purpose. And we want to come alongside you while you're serving in ministry at your local church and provide you with the opportunity to go deeper in God's word and grow in your ability to lead and minister, whether it be in the context of a Bible study, or maybe you're a worship leader, uh, maybe you teach in a Sunday school class. Uh, we want to help equip you uh, in God's Word and, uh, and, and prepare you for the work that God has ahead of you. And so with that, I just want to say visit lfbi.org, learn about who we are. We love you. We're grateful for your time, and we can't wait to spend more time with you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. God bless.